You are slow to learn, Lord Eddar. Distrusting me was the wisest thing you've done since you climbed down off your horse. Bam! Littlefinger slam! And welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, a full spoiler reread podcast of George E.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, starting with the Game of Thrones. I am your host, Zach. Eyeing me skeptically over here is Nate. Hey, you're a mess. You love my different takes on the intros, so don't even act like you don't. You're really weird. Anyway, we hope you guys are having a great month, a great week, a great life in general, I guess. We are right in the thick of things now as far as season eight, as far as the book. We're getting... Well, I think at this point with this episode, season eight's done. Season eight's done? I don't know. You have the calendar, don't you? Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm... you're right. And so... The, yeah, it is indeed. You, it's been done for a week. A well, you know... Get your act together. Your opinion matters very little to me. But apparently I'm stating facts right now, so come at me, bro. I don't have a parent, namely, so I can't. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll just leave that silence in there. <laughs> I guess so. Joke landed. Anyway, <laughs> we, uh, we've we been getting a lot of great feedback. Uh, we wanted to take uh, a couple seconds here at the top of the show to read a review we got. Recently on iTunes. On iTunes. On iTunes. So this review comes from a fan, Brandy Glows. Hey, Brandy what Glows. Up, Brandy. So it's titled Must Listen for Game of Thrones Super Fans. Super. I haven't read the books, but I love the show, and so I listened to the response episode for the first show of season eight. Love it. Makes me want to read the books. Also, notably, the audio in this podcast is on point. On point. Thank you so much, Brandy. So we put in a lot of effort to make sure that the quality gets better and better with every episode. So, you know, if you stuck with us from the beginning, we thank you for that because, you know, clearly it's hopefully gotten better for you to listen to. Hopefully. Um, and, you know, that's one of our biggest aims with the podcast, especially the reread part, is to... Bring new people who haven't experienced the books into that. Yeah, that uh, that is one of the, the, I think, the best compliments we've been paid is that we have aided in you wanting to read these books. I absolutely think you should. Um, you can keep listening along if you want, but we will also wait for you to finish. If you Well, we won't wait. The episodes will wait. They'll still be here. But, They'll be there for you. But... Or if it's your first time and you want to read along with us, actually, I've got a, a best buddy back at my original hometown who, he doesn't give a damn about spoilers. He will start reading a book series, and he'll go look up the way it ends, and then he'll keep reading it, and he just likes to do it that way. He's, so, a, he's weird. Yeah, though. he's out there. Shout out, Jordan. What up? Um, don't but, shout out to your friends. I could shout out my friends. He he's be. the one who... Uh, also helped turn me on to Game of Thrones as well. So okay, if I that's suppose. your if that's your style of reading, Brandy Glows, um, definitely please you know read these books and and just en- enjoy what is what made the show what it Especially, is. Especially, I actually posted on Reddit today because somebody was talking about just starting their first read through, and what I wouldn't give to be able to go back and read these books for the first time again. Without having the knowledge. Yeah, without yeah. the knowledge. Like, because they're just so good that even the rereads are something new every time. Mm-hmm. But to be able to go back and enjoy it for a first time, like, what a fucking treat, man. And anyway, Brandy Glows, we appreciate your review. We appreciate you listening. We just appreciate you in general. 
and anybody else who you know if you want to shout out on the on the episode give us a, an iTunes review and like Brandy Glows we will give it a read here on the episode and we'll appreciate you too not that we don't already well not that we don't already but you're such a jerk wow <laughs> paint me as that guy all right anyway so if you joined us last week we were reading brand four and brand was really struggling with the loss of his legs um he was really really down in the dumps about it but he got a little bit of a uplifting when Tyrion lannister visited him. yeah Tyrion gave him the saddle and at least provided him a way to ride again we were kind of driven to dislike rob and his antics throughout the the chapter but then you know we kind of feel for him at the end yeah well, you, he's still a child you realize well. that he's still just a boy and so from the the youngest son uh, well not the the second youngest son to the father this week we will be we will be covering ned five and as we progress further and further, Ned's chapters are getting... Numbered. Numbered. Well, they already were. But... Yeah, but you get it. Actually, they're not in George's books. Not in his books, but in my notes them. they are. Hell yeah. So, it's a fairly short chapter, but we open up. He's uh, in Master Meister Pycelle's solar. Just, yeah. Uh, Pycelle is kind of greeting him and... Uh, Droning on about what a tragedy Lord Aaron's death was and how he's happy to tell Ned anything he wants to know. Yeah, so we kind of are jumping in mid-conversation. Well, the start of the conversation, but they'd already greeted each other. Yeah. So he offers some refreshments. He he doesn't drink wine himself. And for some reason, I felt it was necessary to note that, that he doesn't like the wine because it messes with his digestion. Just so that I can keep an eye out if we spot him fucking sipping in some wine. Because he's a liar, little on. fuck. Yeah, because fuck Pycelle. Ned notes that uh, uh, Pycelle then offers, instead of the wine, maybe some iced milk. And Ned notes that it is very fucking hot today. So it sounds terrible, but for some reason I really want to try some It does iced sound milk. pretty refreshing. Uh, um, but it sounds like, yeah, super refreshing, as awful as it does sound. Yeah, Ned can feel his tunic sticking to him and thick, moist air had covered the city like a damp woolen blanket. It was gross. It's muggy. It's Florida weather. Sorry, Floridians, uh, but I hate your weather. And that, yeah, it just sounds like one of those stifling hot days where no matter what, you're sweaty and wet and gross. So he politely accepts that glass of iced milk. Indeed. So Pycelle summons a serving girl and gets the request. Please, you know, bring some iced milk. I hate that he can just ring, ring the a bell. little tiny bell and get waited yeah. on. So Pycelle is droning on and on and on yeah, about, about previous summers and, days and past the heat and... and you know, Ned notices that the heat does seem to be getting to him because his eyes are so heavily lidded he looks half asleep as he's talking to him. But Faker. Pycelle ends up begging his forgiveness for rambling and says that minds are like swords. I do fear the old ones go to rust. Which made me think of Tyrion's. Is that me too? My mind is like a whetstone. <clears throat> but, like a sword and it needs a whetstone. The yeah. books. Gotcha. And uh, so the servant girl comes back and puts the tray of milk between them and then leaves again. And Pycelle says, where were we? Oh yes, Lord Aaron." And he says, we get a little bit into it now where, uh, truth be told, he says, Lord Aaron had not seemed himself for quite some time, but Pycelle had chalked it up to the b- burdens of his duty. He's handed the king. He's got a lot of worries uh, con- and his concern about his very sickly son and his overly anxious wife. So, yeah, Lord Aaron had a lot of shit on his plate. So I, I noted the overly anxious wife thing Yeah. Um, because I feel as though... Her being anxious, we we know why, you know, and as we are, again, a full spoiler reread podcast, we know that she plotted his death with Littlefinger, and even if she didn't have part in the planning, we're pretty sure she's the one that tipped the poison in. Yeah. And so, she has reason to be anxious, and it's kind of cool that we're getting this glimpse right here, 
that she was anxious around him for quite some time while he's doing these things when really they're almost unrelated. He's he's looking into the Lannisters, whereas she's with Littlefinger just nervous about being caught. Right. Yeah. Um, so Ned asks about the final illness that struck John Aaron and Pycelle says that he came to me one day seeking a certain book, hale and healthy as ever though it did seem as if something was troubling him, which is interesting. Uh, John Aaron is obviously at this point looking into the, the lineage. He, he has some suspicions about... Yeah, definitely has the suspicions because he's troubled The prince and it. princesses are the princes. Do you think he was tipped off about something or just kind of it clicked for him? And well, he... like, I actually, I've never really thought much on this chapter or about John Aaron really at all in this book, reading through previously. This time I actually sat down and thought through. Who knows Robert Baratheon in this world besides Ned Stark better than John Aaron. So I could almost just see it being like, these kids are not fucking Roberts. Like they're not acting how Robert acted when he was this age. I would know I fostered them. Yeah. He's they have no looks of Robert. So I think John Aaron is just maybe pretty sharp. Him and Stannis, I do believe right, sort of Stannis spoke about it. Stuff as well. Stannis bounced. And I, uh, I correct me if I'm wrong listeners, but I do believe that we get words later that Stannis was told by John Aaron about this this conundrum. Yeah, here. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. And so, yeah, uh, I think it was John. I think Lord Aaron is just pretty pretty sharp. He came to the conclusion. But the next morning, he was twisted over in pain, uh, too sick to rise from his bed. When he continued to weaken, Pycelle went to see him himself. But he says the gods did not grant me the power to save him. Which one? You're a maester, so like. I would think that's uh, the the science versus the faith type thing. Yeah. And then to fuck off, Pycelle. You didn't want him to live anyway. But <clears throat> Ned says that I heard you had sent Maester Coleman away yes. when you went to visit him. And Pycelle says, I did, indeed. I respect his abilities and the, the, the way he can do things, but he's young. And he even says that Lady Lysa will never forgive me that. And he says, maybe I was wrong, but at the time so, I thought it best. Again, that little line there about Lysa makes yeah. me wonder if Meister Coleman's not in on it also. That and, could be it. Because I don't think Pycelle had anything to do with John Aaron's death. He's Because, you know, it's not Lannister-related, and he's under Cersei's thumb. Yeah. And I think that she's furious because he was trying to, fl- you know, flush him and so get you the don't, poison you don't think? Uh, do you think... And again, I can only really think of the show right now. Um, I can't remember in the books. You don't think that Pycelle let John Aaron die and didn't actually try his best to treat him? Well, so that was the because I when I was reading through, I saw that she was mad about that. But was that pretend mad where he was actually coming? Well, to like assist, I, I think that's or? sort of I think that's the beauty of it is Lysa got pissed because she wanted Coleman to sort of finish the job. Pycelle came in and sort of did the same thing, but she doesn't know that because right. I. Yeah, he's under the Lannister thumb, and um, so I don't, I don't know who would give the order because I don't believe at this point he puts Cersei even near Tywin. Right. So he would listen to Tywin over Cersei. I don't know if he would listen to Cersei, but she is the queen, so he might listen to a direct command. So if Cersei told him, you know, don't fucking bring him, don't bring right. him back to hell. Yeah, because she definitely could potentially have reason for. Suspicion well, she of yeah, John uh, if you know Pycelle's loyal to the Lannisters, he could have told them imme- her immediately that he was looking for this book on lineages type thing. Right. He might have even John Aaron might have even confided in him a little bit more and said, right. "This is my suspicion." And so, it's an interesting you know which Maester was actually helping and which Maester was hurting, or were right. they both? 
Well, because yeah, that's and that was my thought is would would purging be best for Pycel to get rid of the poison if he recognized a poison? That's or is that going to make it worse? Because I know that they sometimes say for certain chemicals don't induce vomiting. Yeah, you need to let it pass right. naturally. And so who knows which is which? Yeah, exactly. That's it. We just don't we don't know what the poison is at this point, and we don't obviously know how to treat it. But Ned asks him, "Did Lord Aaron say anything to you in his final moments?" And Paisal answers that in the last stages of the fever, the hand had called out the name Robert several times, though whether he was asking for his son or the king, I know not. Um, do you have a, do you think he's calling out about the bastards and he wants Robert's attention on that? Or? I think he's trying to explain Robert and the bastards and that he... In his poison state, that's all about he can all he really can get do. out is Robert, you know, and Bast... Yeah, so... So Pycelle goes on and says that when I saw all hope had fled, I gave the hand milk of the poppy so he wouldn't suffer. Just before he closed his eyes, he whispered to the king and his lady wife, the seed is strong. Um, Pycelle then says that this is sort of in memoriam of his... or as a tribute to now, his son. this here again to me... Is the milk of the poppy from Pycel? It's. I think it's to shut him to the shut fuck him up. up. Yeah, and keep him from let him pass. And yeah, things. I I definitely do. It's uh, you know, let him just sleep and you know, I'm treating him. I'm giving milk and the poppy for his pain. So who's gonna question that? And it kind of makes sure John Aaron can't let slip anything about yeah, the actual so, incest. Yeah, and so he says the seed is strong, and that's he th- he claims they think it's because of his sick son. Yeah, no, he's strong. He'll grow. We, we know at this point that's not what he meant, or at least we assume that's not what he meant when, you know, we figure out about the the, ba- the Baratheon lineage, which we also learn a lot from, um, technically I read a little bit of it out of order, uh, the Baratheon line from A World of Ice and Fire and, yeah. and uh, Fire and Blood and stuff, and I believe it was the, the, the Darrens that the Baratheons originated from, but technically... The Baratheon house was founded by bastards. It's a bastard mm-hmm. house. And so it's not... And they're very closely tied to the Targaryens. Right. LOL. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely referencing, obviously, the the seed with within the Baratheon line being strong. See, for the longest time case. when I read it, I always thought it was, like, directly referencing Gendry and saying, like, he's a strong man. But, yeah, no, it's, it's saying the hereditary gene of the Baratheons is strong, where it's usually a male... And it's usually a black-haired male, pretty strong frame. Like, they, their seed of the Baratheon male line is very strong, is what he's saying. And we know Robert has bastards everywhere. And, every, and so we learn more it's, as... You know, Ned Robert's a potent visible. motherfucker, is basically what he's saying. And so Pycelle says that death didn't come until the next morning, but Lord Aaron was at peace after that, and he never spoke again. And Pycelle made sure he never spoke mm-hmm. again with that milk of the poppy. And Ned asks, did it seem like there was anything unusual about this death? And Pycelle says, no, I, I don't really so think so. So just because I, I think it's worth mentioning, he's sipped at that milk a few times now. Ned. And every time he talks about how overly sweet it is, it's still refreshing because it's cold. But that it's just gagging. It's too sweet sick. for his taste. And I feel like it's kind of referencing the conversation. Pycelle, yeah. And Pycelle yeah. himself. And so the milk here that they keep refer- referring to is exactly. It's, it's Pycelle's that, sweetness. Yeah, that fake, the personification. False, yeah. He's the, this just awful bullshit. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Pycelle says, no, it was sad for a certainty, but John Aaron is at rest now and his burdens are listed, uh, lifted at last. 
And so Ned asks, the illness that took him, have you seen it before in any other men? Yeah, for the most part, he kind of lays it out that, you know, in all his years, it's it's not anything more or less unusual than any other illness mm-hmm. he's experienced. Every case is different, and every case is alike. Lord Lord John's death was no stranger than any other, which, again, if Pycelle is having a hand in it, that's exactly what he would ex- be expected to say. Exactly. But, and it, like, this is the only thing credit I will give to Pycelle is he toes that line well, where this is also what a maester would say. Like, right, you right. know, and that's each, the each illness is... is sort of the same, and it, and it isn't. Exactly. So, And knows? so even if he's not aware, you know, a skilled poisoner, that's what they're trying to make everyone believe anyway. And so he's kind of falling, even if he doesn't have any involvement, he's saying all the things he's supposed yeah. to. So. And so Ned says, and I think this is pretty brazen, he says his I wife agree. thought otherwise about John, uh, this illness being strange. And Pycelle says, Forgive an old man his bluntness, but grief can derange even the strongest and most disciplined minds, and Lady Lysa was never that. She's pretty batshit bat crazy. We know this, but the fact that Ned sort of points out that she's distrusting of the yeah, story like, and everything is pretty brazen right now. To, bring, yeah, to be dropping names on... But the and... fact that Pycelle is also sort of aware of the fact that she was having issues with this. And he says that since her last stillbirth, she sees enemies in every shadow, and the death of her lord husband has left her shattered and lost. So they're chalking it up to her grief, but... One, I think she's always just been fucking crazy. Then throwing the paranoia of actually, and now throwing the, the paranoia. Death. But I still just think that that's an interesting. Everyone's sort of aware that Lysa is unstable, and and Ned straight up asks, like, she doesn't really think that's what's going on. Well, so. that's it. Like, it's so crazy because, like, I was pissed off throughout this whole chapter that Ned is saying so much. Mm. Why are you trusting this man? And even in the chapter before this with Ned, when he was in the small council meeting, he seemed to respect and and look up to Pycelle so yeah. much, which is expected. He's the Meister, you know, of the Citadel, he's he's important dude there, but God, it was aggravating. Yeah. But then even at the end, he he almost doesn't trust him, right? But he's still but he's giving him this information. So yeah, much. Ned, I love you, dude. But so Ned so asked dumb. him, um, "You are certain it was an illness that killed John Aaron?" And Pycelle says, "I am." If not illness, what else could it be? And it says poison. And yeah, Pycelle perks right up. All yeah, of a sudden, the sleepy eyes off, flick it's... open, and he says a disturbing thought. It's possible, but I don't think it lightly. Lord Aaron showed no signs and was loved by all. What sort of monster in man's flesh would dare to murder such a noble lord? And Ned says that poison he has heard is rumored to be used as a woman's weapon. Do you think this is Ned trying to direct it at Cersei? No, I think that that's actually a common saying. I agree, but to me it felt like he Um, had Cersei in mind there. I feel like that's not crazy for him to, you know, kind of... Not... Because it's... He can't directly say, I think, the queen poisoned. Well, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. so, how many other women would be willing to, you know? And so, I... I'm surprised that nobody looks at Lysa. Just because, you know, the, the grieving widow... Yeah, that's how many. I mean, I, I suppose it's because we know of t- with today's technology and shit that nine times out of ten it's the spouse or whatever yeah. who killed. But like, 
No, you know, I think he's definitely alluding to it as in the most subtle ways. It's not a well, that isn't subtle though. Well, <laughs> which is surprising. It's well, not... so Pycelle pa- pa- responds saying, "Yeah, it, it is said that poison's a woman's weapon. Women, cravens, and eunuchs." And, and he, he skirts the conversation. The conversation. Lord Varys was born in a slave house, and he mentions that it's also uh, used in the free cities. And yes. he mentions that Lord uh, Varys was born a slave in lease did you know this he says so and once again it also makes me laugh because Littlefinger comes from the free cities his family yeah bravo so they you know that that's that can work for a few different people and including the actual perpetrators of the crime yeah so uh Pycelle says put not your trust in spiders my lord but I did need to be told this because there's something about Varys that just makes his fucking skin crawl which pisses me off because like He's the one you should at least yeah. have some faith in, and you put it all into fucking Littlefinger. Yeah. Like, you idiot. So Ned stands up thanking Pycelle, and Pycelle asks uh, if he can assist in any other way, and Ned says he'd like to take a look I at the book. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, look at the book that John Aaron had borrowed, and Pycelle says, I don't think it will interest you, my lord. It almost seems like he was trying to talk him out Oh, yeah, of, dissuade like, him, yep. And so that's why I thought it was funny that Ned kind of threw it. Like, he was getting up and ready to leave and, like, walking out, and he stops, and he's like, just... Oh, yeah. One last thing. I need the book. I need that book. Remember that book you thought I wasn't paying attention about? But, yeah, Pycelle says it's a ponderous old tome on the lineages of the great houses, but Ned wants it all the same. So yeah. Pycelle says he, he thinks he has it here somewhere, but he'll find it, and he'll have it sent to Ned's chamber. And so Ned asks one last question and says... Such an interesting question. Was the queen at the uh, with the king at John Aaron's bedside during his final moments? And... Pycelle says, no, the the queen and the children were on their way to Casterly Rock with Lord Tywin. And Pycelle actually had to inform them of John Aaron's death in a letter. And he says it was the heaviest letter he ever wrote. So right here, we kind of get, I mean, not semblance of all proof, but Cersei wasn't here for this shit. Like, and so she, you know that he, he wrote to inform her, not mm-hmm. to, and not like, obviously, fucking duh, like that's what he wrote for, but like... It's not a, oh, terrible news. It's, hey, person I spy for. Yeah. Here's this information. There's a new development. Now, we know that pretty quickly after John Aaron's death, Robert's heading up into the north, like, yeah. sending letters. Do you th- Did Cersei turn around immediately? Does it say in there? Or did she head off to Casterly Rock? No, I'm, I, I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe so. I because I never knew that she until this read that she off. was on her way to Casterly Rock with Tywin alone, not with Robert. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe her and the the kids did turn around, and Tywin continued onward. I don't know, but he continues. Pycelle continues saying, "Come to see me as often as you'd like, Lord Eddard. I am here to serve." And Ned thinks, "Yes, but serve whom?" And so, yeah. Ned is fucking distrustful of this guy. And knows that he's serving someone else, but still But still is him offering so him all this shit. information. So Ned heads back to his chambers, and on the way, he gets to the <laughs> steps to the Tower of the Hand. He sees Arya balancing on one leg, windmilling her arms to try to stay up. So Ned asks, what are you doing? And she says that Sirio says a water dancer can stand on one toe for hours. And so Ned teasingly, and I like to ask, yeah, which toe? And she, you know, she It doesn't up. matter. It doesn't like... matter. And Ned asks, you sure you got to do it here? Because that's a pretty long, hard fall down these steps. A water dancer never falls. <laughs> now, what I what I immediately thought of with this stuff and never have before is Bran never falls. Yeah. Never. 
and he even said it in his chapter never, before never, this never, one never, yep. never 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 and she's here saying the same stuff mm-hmm. and especially with the fall like never falls that's exactly what Bran said before he fell to his well death. I think it's interesting that Bran is thinking I never fall whereas Arya is aspiring to be this water dancer right, who never true. falls so it's sort of that weird but she stops ba- balancing herself puts her leg down and asks will Bran come to live with us now that he's awake and Ned yep. thinks back to the night they received that the, the Raven arrived with uh, word of Bran and how Ned had gathered up the girls, Arya and Sansa, and took them out to the Godswood. Yeah, to stand a silent vigil for... Uh... However, they don't have a legit werewood heart tree here. They only have a great oak. It is not an actual werewood in King's Landing. So they kneel before it. They offer their thanks for Bran. Um, the girls ended up falling asleep pretty early on, so Ned kept his vigil alone. And when they awoke, Sansa said that she had dreamed of Bran and he was smiling. And then Arya also said she dreamt of Bran. Yeah. And that he was a knight. Yes. Did they share a dream? I don't know. Like, because, I mean, you could always make the claim, you know, no, they each just happened to have a... But I like the way that it said that when they woke, they were both surrounded by the blood dragon leaves... Was that blood dragon? Was that dragon's yeah. breath? Dragon's uh, breath. The the dark red blooms of dragon's breath surrounded the girls where they lay. Yeah, and I is that a, a foreshadowing of their entire story? Just there, there's dragon fire coming for them. Well, like, I mean, guys I think the... that's just a pretty startling image to Ned. Of it almost would look like his two daughters are lying dead before him. Yeah, and so. He's keeping this vigil, thanking the gods for bringing his one son back, and he and you know they're not in the north. Like we get that pretty painted pretty clearly. This is an old oak that they're praying to and yeah. giving thanks to, and they're in the south, surrounded by all this finery and everything. So the girls are in danger. I think is sort of yeah that's what it. that's it's coming down one. to. Now, um, it. The, he he starts laying some truths on Arya. Here well, Arya too. asks if Bran can still be a knight now, and Ned sees no use in lying to her, and he says no, but he could still be Lord of a Holdfast or sit on a king's council. He could raise castles like Bran the Builder, or he could sail across the Sunset Sea as the captain of a ship. And Arya asks, oh, but he uh, he thinks to himself, he will never run beside his wolf again, or lie with a woman, or hold his own son in his hands, and he thinks this with just such a deep sadness. Yeah. He's trying to, you know, not, the girls, not scare Arya. But... So I like that the first thing he mentioned was run with the wolves. Yeah. And that's the exactly what he was That's what Bran's chapter, chapter opened before. up on, yeah, yeah, was that he couldn't run. And so, yeah, Arya asks if she can do these things. So Ned gives her a kiss on the brow and says, you will marry a king and rule his castle and have his sons and daughters. And it says, Arya screwed up her face. Yeah, and this is all back in the present again. Yeah. She says, no, that's Sansa. She gets uh, So she gets up, and she resumes her balancing. Like, she ain't having that shit. No, no. I and so Ned it. sighs, you know, what's he going to do? And he leaves her there. And he goes into his chambers. He splashes some cold water on his head, and he's drying himself off when Alan, the captain of his guard, comes in and tells him that Lord Peter Baelish is asking for an audience. So Ned tells him, have him escorted to my solar. I'll see him immediately. Yeah. And so he walks in, and Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, is sitting in the window watching the Kingsguard practice down in the field. And he has a, a few choice words for Selmy, just saying, you know, just be Only Peter his Baelish. mind were as sharp of his, of his blade. He, the, the, the council meetings would be a great deal livelier. And I, I like that Ned defends him. He stands up and, you know, and 
puts out that he has a lot of respect for Selmy and good thing he's finally got his trust in at least one person that deserves it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's come to have a deep respect for the Lord Commander, but uh, Littlefinger remarks that he should do good in the tourney at least, and Ned gives is not about fuck the all about yeah. who wins so the tourney. So then he asks what the fuck Peter wants. What are you doing here? What do you, what do you, why are you here? And Peter was like, well, I, I made a promise to your wife, and I plan on keeping that promise, so... And that kind of takes Ned aback. He's, he's finding it hard to trust in Baelish, who just strikes him as too clever by half, he thinks. But he Littlefinger asks him, have you thought to question the hand servants? And Ned thinks that most of them left with Liza. Uh, she did take the whole of her household guard back to the Eyrie, all those closest to her husband. He thinks she did her, she did Ned no favors in doing that because he has no one to question. But Littlefinger corrects him. Most, not all. A few still remain here in King's Landing. And there's a pregnant girl in the in the kitchens and, you know, a couple other nobodies, basically. But the big name we get mentioned is John Aaron's squire, Sir Hugh of the Vale. Yes. And it says that the king knighted the boy after Lord Aaron's death. Ned sees nothing the fuck wrong with that. Yes. Like nothing at all. What why? Why? why yeah, and so it's it's crazy cuz you know again knowing that he and Lysa are the ones that planned everything. These four were left intentionally. They weren't brought because he needed to have somebody to give the pieces cuz obviously fucking Ned needs the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. cuz he can't figure shit out whatsoever. And having that stuff in place he's just you know because my first thought was oh he's got these plants did he teach them what to say he's got them there for that purpose that's why they're fucking there is he's feeding them this information even if he's not scripting them and teaching them their lines he's planting the the words that they need to know to give to fucking ned when he shows up yeah and so ned says that he'll send for them and Littlefinger scowls again and calls ned over to the window and he points out and he says do you see across the yard there at the door of the armory you see the boy and Ned asks what of him and he says he reports to Lord Varys the spider has taken a great interest in you and your doings and he directs him to the wall now look at the wall you see the guardman there leaning on the ramparts is that another of Varys's little whisperers nope this one belongs to the queen and he says notice that he has a very fine door a view of the door to your tower to note who calls on you and he just says the red keep is full of eyes dude like you are being so dumb Ned has no taste for these intrigues, as we've learned, but he suddenly starts to feel uncomfortable with that guard just being able to look in this yeah. window, so he moves away. Do you think any of those ones he pointed out are actual spies? Maybe his. Because part of me was, yeah, that was it, like, is, are they actually who the spies he says? Are they his spies? Or are they fucking spies I at think all? so, because I think between, obviously, we, we get sort of the three spy masters here. We get yeah. Cersei, we get Varys, and we get Littlefinger. I think each of them are sort of aware of the top layer of spies, and then, like, maybe two or three of their, like, second Little tier. Sub-levels. And then they've each got, like, their good spies right, where, better. like, eh, they're off the grid. So maybe that one actually is Littlefinger, and it is a boy, so we know the little birds. Uh, so maybe that one is Varys, and the guardsman is that yeah, would make yeah. sense. Which Alanis, the guardsman, sense, yeah. you know, is the queen's. So I think Littlefinger actually is on it, and I just... I don't think it's like I don't think I think Ferris knows Littlefinger knows that's it, and well, Cersei and probably it, knows thing, that that yeah. one's known. Well, Cersei probably thinks that nobody knows her shit. But, the, but well, like the only one who's not aware that there's fucking spies is Ned anyway. Right. So well, like, it. it doesn't really yeah. matter if Littlefinger so, knows. Peter tells him he asks, "Is there anybody in your house that you trust utterly and completely?" And Ned says, "Yes." And. Great. Then I have a great piece of real estate in Valeria that I'd like to sell you for cheap. 
Like, I fucking love the salesman pitch that Littlefinger like, just goes into. You're so dumb. And he says the wiser answer was no, my lord. Like, you can't really trust anybody right now. But he says, send this paragon of yours to Sir Hugh of the Vale and the others. Uh, you'll be watched extensively, but even Ferris cannot keep watch on every single man in your service. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but Peter turns to leave, and Ned thanks him, uh, calling him back, saying, perhaps I was wrong to distrust you. And we get the closing line of the chapter. Yes, which is a very big one in the show as well. Mm-hmm. And so, I God, I love it, though. You are slow to learn, Lord Eddar. Distrusting me was the wisest thing you've done since you climbed down off your horse. Bam! Little finger slam. Little finger slam. I like it. <laughs> little finger slam. Yeah, no. Ned is. Uh, little finger's absolutely right there. Like, not trusting little finger is the only smart thing he's done. Yeah, and he's it. not even distrusting him to a level that is intelligent. Right. Because like, he's, he's still playing like, into what mm, little finger wants. I don't really like you. That's his distrust level. It, That's, <sighs> and Ned, I fucking love you, dude. But you're gonna die in five chapters. You're gonna die. Maybe eight. I forget how like, many chapters. I, 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 is, I forget the exact. I if it's number, ten but. or thirteen, but. Either way. It was a good chapter. We learn a lot more sort of of what's happening at King's yes, Landing. Yes, we get to see a bit into the the kickoff of the the War of the Five Kings. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to see what John Aaron was investigating, and we're definitely going to be able to dive more into that here because I think his next chapter will probably be going through the book a little bit, visiting the whorehouses, uh, finding out that Robert has some bastards yeah. out there. Yeah, so you got an inductee for this chapter? Uh. I'm going to give it to the, because I, I, I don't think about it, so I'm making it up on the fly, and I want to give it to the little serving girl, because she has to put up with Pycelle's shit all he probably fucking touches day. Her, yeah. yeah, the poor fucking Grabs thing. Like, shit. Has to come running to a little dingling bell, and then he fucking has his dick right above it, too. Ew. Like, it's gross. He's little. a vile motherfucker, and I feel bad for the poor little I girl. I agree with so, that. I'm going to bring her here, give her something fucking good to eat, sit by the fire, give her her own room so she can sleep without worrying about getting touched by fucking old man fucker. Oh, wait, before you go to bed, could you bring me some ice milk? Thanks. Oh. <laughs> uh, my inductee, I'm inducting Littlefinger this week just for having the straight up balls to do all this and then go to Ned and be like, yeah, you're dumb because here's why and here's why and look at this spy and that spy. And also, I'm a spy, but you're too dumb to fucking pull out that twist within a twist. So, like, here I am, motherfucker. I'm the cause of all your woes. It's and... like the ultimate candid camera type shit. <laughs> like, gotcha. <sighs> Ashton Kutcher's going to come running out and be like, Motherfucker! <laughs> You've been pumped. <laughs> yeah, no, Littlefinger is just... He's so brazen, and I love it. And I see more and more why he's a liked character. Like, he, he is charismatic. He... Even Ned, he's starting to grow a little, 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 little bit well, on that, Ned. And that's but, it, yeah. And, I mean, that's a mistake on Ned's part because Dumbass. it leads to his death, but... Yeah, Littlefinger, you're in the... So let us know who you guys want to induct into the Brotherhood this week, yeah. this chapter. We, there's a lot of options. Well, there's not a ton in this chapter. I was I was tossing around the idea of Arya, because I just like to induct Arya any chance I get, because she's a little badass. Yeah, she's doing but, her thing. Exactly. So next week we're going to be reading... John John, John 4. Yeah. And I believe that's when Samwell Tarly gets to the wall. We will be meeting Samwell Tarly. So that's going to be a fun time. That will be a good one. And you can send us your inductees for that chapter as well. We can get those into the episode. Please do. If if you want to be a couple ahead, I think it's another Ed chapter, Ned 6 probably. 
Yeah. Considering we just read Ned 5. Yeah. Is this Ned 5? That's uh, good to know now that we're finished with it. Yeah. So, yeah, you can even send us some inductees for Ned 6. Yeah, we got Ned we'll 6 coming up. We've got Sansa 2. We've also got Cat 5. So send us yeah. any you, any inductees. You any. can send those over through the, the Gmail, withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. You can always just send me a direct message or tweet me at, at mannerswithout. Um, we do some stuff on the Instagram. We'll always get it if you send it there at brotherhoodwithout. And we're on, you know, all the usual, the Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. Leave us an iTunes review again. Yeah, that we'll give would you be a great. shout out if you leave a review. Um, Our Patreon. Oh, yeah, Patreon. We've got Mercy should be out by now. We've plugged that a lot, and I really hope I have done it in time for these. <laughs> so that way I'm uh, on my game. It's recorded, guys. I just. I just have uh, some editing to do. But it's okay, because my name is in Procrastinate, and so I'm allowed to. That's just how it works. I put the Nate in Procrastinate. Uh, I don't like the validity of that. And so with that, we're going to call it, and we'll catch you on the next one. Valor to Harris. Peace. It didn't stop. It didn't stop. (laughs)